Well, hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Alpine Church. It's really exciting to be with you today. We're so happy that you're here worshiping with us. If you're a guest here for the first time, thank you so much for checking us out. We hope you feel right at home. We hope you feel welcome. Uh, my name is John Bellis. I'm the lead pastor here at Alpine Church Logan. And today we're jumping back into a series that we started last month on the Ten Commandments. Uh, we took a break from that series for a couple of weeks to talk about the Legacy Project, uh, which we feel is like the next big step that God is calling us to take in the advancement of His kingdom. And so we're looking to build a, a permanent facility for our Syracuse campus. Hopefully you guys have been praying about that and how God would call you to participate in that. Uh, I want to remind you, if you didn't bring back your, your one-time gift for that, you're still welcome to do that over the next couple of weeks. And I'm just super excited to see what God's going to do that and, and how He's going to impact that Syracuse community over the next 10, 15, 20 years uh, because of our generosity and because of what he's going to do. So, But as we jump back into the series today, we're in commandment number five. Now, if you go back to the beginning of the series, we talked about how Jesus took the Ten Commandments and, and kind of summarized them really into two commandments. And the first one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so if we look back, those first four commandments that we've studied deal primarily with the first part of that, with loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And as we move into the next six commandments, we're looking more at how we love our neighbor as ourself. And so another way to think about that is the first four commandments are more about the vertical relationship we have with God, and the next six are more about the horizontal relationship we have with those around us. Now, I know that some of you have had this message circled on your calendar ever since we announced we were doing a series on the Ten Commandments, right? All the parents have been looking forward to this one. And I know that because of the slew of emails I got this week asking us to cancel kids' church and cancel the 6th through 8th grade class so that your kids could be here today. Uh, this is also, coincidentally, the one Sunday I told Rhonda I want our kids at all three services today if we can make that happen. <laughs> so we're going to jump right into it. Here we go. Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. And all the parents said, amen, amen right? It's like, mic drop, and we're just done. We'll just go from here, okay? Like, it's really tempting for me to say, God said it. That settles it. Kids, get over it. You're dismissed. But I don't want us to miss out on what God has in this commandment, because there's a lot here for us to see. And as anyone who has kids knows this parent-child relationship is very complex. I mean, parenting is extremely difficult. It's very challenging, but it's also very rewarding and very satisfying. It brings with it the highest of highs, but also sometimes the lowest of lows, right? And in fairness to our kids, it's no picnic navigating life as a child either, particularly in that relationship they have with their parents. And there's no doubt that God understood this, God knew how difficult this could be, and so as God begins to establish this covenant relationship with the nation of Israel, he addresses this parent-child relationship. He's very serious about family relationships. In fact, he's so serious, he makes it part of the Ten Commandments. And the very first commandment that he gives us that deals with these relationships between one another addresses the relationship between children and their parents. So we're going to spend the rest of this morning talking about how we can honor God by honoring our parents, by being children who honor our father and our mother. And I want to highlight several important truths that I think we can pull out of the fifth commandment 
And the first one is this, is that when kids honor their parents, they honor God's plan for healthy families. Did you know that this command to honor your mother and father has ramifications far outside the home? Because really the relationship that we have with our parents is a bridge to the relationships that we have with everyone else, including God. See, God started our relationships with others inside the context of the family home. And it's scary that often when we don't get this relationship with our parents right, we don't get other relationships right. If we don't learn how to submit to our parents' authority in a healthy manner, it will affect relationships throughout our lives. It'll affect how you relate to teachers when you start school. It'll affect how you relate to your youth leaders, to anyone in a supervisory role at your job, and even in your relationship with God himself. And from the very beginning of creation, this idea of family, this family unit was very close to God's heart. We see it from the very beginning. That God created the institution of marriage between one man and one woman, and then from that he created the family unit. See, God knew that in order to have structure in society, there had to be healthy family relationships. The family was and still is the most important building block to human society. You can't have a healthy, functioning society without healthy family relationships. I've heard it said that the family is God's smallest battle unit in advancing his kingdom. So when kids honor their parents, they honor the God who gives their parents that authority in their lives. You see, God used our parents to create us. He uniquely designed each one of us through their DNA. And he knew exactly what he was doing when he did that. Psalm 139.14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Some of you guys need to hear that today. You need to know that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. That you are wonderful because you are God's work. See, sometimes my wife and I call our daughter Hannah our miracle child because she was our fourth kid. We weren't planning to have four children and we were taking preventative measures when she got pregnant with Hannah. But we've never called Hannah an accident. There are no accidents with God. So I want to just take a minute and speak to anyone here today who may think that you're an accident. God used your parents to create you in His image. And because of that, you have immeasurable value and immeasurable worth. And you are no accident. He has a purpose for you and He desires that you would know Him in a very real and very personal way. And that's true for each and every one of you regardless of how you feel sometimes and regardless of what someone may have carelessly said to you as you were growing up. You know, it's so sobering to me as a dad that there really isn't anything that's going to impact my kids' relationship with God more than their relationship with their mom and me. The relationship we have with our parents has such a huge impact on how we view God, how we see God. And honoring our parents is a form of honoring all authority, including God's authority over our lives. And so parents, do you know that you and I have a God-given mandate to help our kids learn how to submit to authority? And so I ask you and I ask myself, have we been doing that in a consistent but loving way? Because if our kids don't learn how to submit to our authority, how are they going to learn how to submit to God's authority in their lives? As author Tim Keller writes, he says, it's respect for parents that is the basis for every other kind of respect and every other kind of authority. 
See, if you think about it, when our kids are young, we, we in a sense stand in for God. Because it's in the home where our kids first learn about authority and responsibility. It's where they first learn right from wrong. It's where they first learn what it feels like to be cherished and valued and loved unconditionally. It's where they feel safety and security. And so in in a sense, our response to our parents is a response to God. When we choose to respect and honor our parents' position of authority, we're choosing to honor the God who put them in that position. And we do that by loving them and valuing them, by submitting to their authority, by accepting the discipline they bring into our lives. And so for parents, this should be a wake-up call for us as well. Do our kids feel cherished? Do our kids feel valued? Do they know that they're loved unconditionally? Are we teaching them how to submit to authority? And most importantly, are we pointing them back to God? So why is this command so important? Why did God choose to put this at the beginning of these horizontal commands? I think there's a couple of reasons, but first and most important is because it pleases God. Colossians 3.20 says this, Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. So here we have our primary motivation for, for honoring our parents and obeying our parents is to please God. It doesn't say children obey your parents because they deserve it. But let's be honest, parents. Sometimes we don't deserve our children's respect and obedience. Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we make mistakes. But God always deserves our respect and obedience. And so we do it to please Him. We make it our goal to please Him so we can honor our parents even when it's undeserved. The second reason this command is so important is because God takes it very seriously. Exodus 21.17 says, Anyone who dishonors father or mother must be put to death. I mean, that's pretty black and white. I don't think God could be any more clear that this is a big deal to him, and he's serious about this relationship between parents and their children. And I know for some of you, as I say this, this is causing a big knot in your stomach right now. And you're starting to burn with anger, and you want to raise your hand, and you want to yell at me, Pastor John, you have no idea what you're talking about. Because you have no idea how my parents treated me. You have no idea the home I grew up in. You have no idea the things they said to me or the things they did to me. And if that's you, I want you to know I am not diminishing or minimizing your hurt. And I'm not making excuses for the mistakes of your parents. And you need to know that my heart breaks for you. And more importantly, God's heart breaks for you. But that doesn't change the fact that we can't honor our parents. See, right now, some of you, you're brought up in an abusive home and it's affecting how you relate to everyone around you. And you're still trying to come to grips with that. It's affecting how you relate to your spouse how you relate to your own children, how you relate to your coworkers, and even how you relate to God. And again, I don't want you to think I'm minimizing that or excusing that because I'm not. But the reality is, even if you can't respect your parents as individuals, you can respect the position that God put your parents in, knowing that God has a good plan and a purpose for that. See, this is a choice that I think we have to make, and it is a choice because it doesn't come naturally. But it's a choice to honor our parents' position because God has called us to and because it pleases Him. And because, again, He does deserve it. Now, I want to be clear here that I'm not asking you to approve or condone of any abusive behavior. I'm not asking you to submit to anything that's unbiblical or anything that's harmful to you. 
I'm not asking you to allow your parents to dominate you or to abuse you. You don't have to do that. But you can still show a level of respect for the position that they hold. See, we need to default to honoring our parents and understanding that God used them to create us in His image. And He's allowed them to have a position of authority over our lives. And when you're honoring your parents, again, you're honoring the God who gave them that authority. And that goes back to our primary reason for doing this, because it pleases God. And that brings us into our next point, and that's that honoring our parents is more than just obeying them in our childhood. See, obedience is part of honoring, but it's not the only way that we honor our parents. But let's be honest, parents, when our kids are young, if we could pick any way for them to honor us, it'd be obedience, right? I mean, do you ever just sit around and daydream about all the stuff you could get done if your children listened the first time? Like I do. I know I would gain at least 20 minutes a day if they would just turn off the lights when they leave the room. Like, is there, is there anybody else in here who's the electricity monitor, right? You walk around and follow them. It's like they have this deficiency in their fine motor skills that they can do this, but they can't do that. I don't know what it is. It's like it's on purpose. Or does anybody else in here have kids who like to leave the kitchen cabinets open and the drawers after they get something out of it? You walk in and half of them are open and you're like, what's going on? My kids one time on purpose opened and left open every cabinet in the kitchen and then sat around the table to see how I would respond. Because evidently it's funny to see the veins in my forehead pop out and watch dad have a stroke on the kitchen floor, right? So we, we desire obedience, but there's more to honoring than just obedience. And it's more than just in our childhood. So I think it's very interesting that in Exodus 20, 12, the verse that we're looking at today, and then also in Deuteronomy 5, 16, where we see this command listed again, it doesn't say, little ones, honor your father and mother. It doesn't say, young children, honor your father and mother. It just says, honor your father and mother. So this command is for adults as well as it is for children. It's not like when we're 18, we no longer have to honor our parents. In fact, even when we have kids of our own, we should still give our parents honor. Now, certainly our relationship with our children is different when they're adults than when they're young, but we're still called to honor them even when we're older. See, the root word of this original Hebrew word that's translated honor here, it literally means heavy or weighty or burdensome. And so this relationship with our parents isn't trivial. It's not something that God intends us to treat lightly. I want to take just a second and look at what the Apostle Paul said to the church in Ephesus about children and their relationships in the family. In verse 1 he says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord for this is the right thing to do. So children, obey your parents for this is the right thing to do. But it doesn't end there. If we were to go on, he would say, Honor your father and mother in the next verse. And and the scripture uses two different words for obey and honor. It's not the same word. The Greek word that's translated obey here means to listen to or to attend to. But the word that's used next for honor is a different Greek word, tima. And that word means honor and reverence. So young people, honoring your parents is more than just following instructions. It's a heart attitude. It's inward as well as outward. I mean, have you ever sighed as you were asked to take the garbage out? Have you ever rolled your eyes and said whatever when your mom and dad gave you a command or a request? Have you ever responded with, why should I have to when they asked you to do something? 
Or maybe you were like me and you were smart enough not to do any of that in front of them, but when you left the room, you had plenty to say, right? Because you knew there wouldn't be any consequences. See, we can follow instructions and still have a bad heart. So this idea of honor is not just obeying, but it's obeying promptly, it's obeying fully, and it's obeying with the right attitude. And the same goes for when we submit to God's authority in our lives. True obedience to God is obeying promptly, obeying fully, and obeying with the right attitude. And so obedience is an important part of honoring our father and mother. But obviously, as we leave the home, as we're adults of our own, that's not the most primary way that we honor our parents anymore. It moves into another form of honoring. And so I mentioned earlier that this this Hebrew word has a connotation of heaviness. Um, The the word itself is kavod. And it also means admiration, uh, adding to, glorifying, embellishing, and decorating its object. So if you think about that, how, how that ties into obedience, if honoring our parents is more than obedience, it adds respect, admiration, and even reverence to just simple obedience. So if that's the case, then what are some practical ways we can honor our parents? What does that look like, right, whether we're a young person or whether we're an adult? So I just want to talk about some practical ways that you and I can honor our parents, and the first is to speak well of them, or at least... Refuse to speak evil of them. Because I know for some of you, speaking well of your parents is more difficult than others. But it's so easy to air our dirty laundry on our parents, isn't it? I mean, we don't pay much attention to how we speak about anyone who has authority over us. Whether it be political leaders, our boss, our teachers, our coaches, or even our parents. But the Bible instructs us to honor and respect all of those that God has placed in authority over us. I encourage you sometime this week, read Romans 13, 7, if you want to dig deeper into that. Talk about that with your small group or with your mentor. The other thing that I've recognized is our words have enormous power. So the words that you use to your parents and about your parents, do they bring them honor? Do they bring them dishonor? Proverbs 16, 24 says that kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. So do our words bring life or do our words bring death? And we need to understand that God is very serious about how we talk to our parents. The Old Testament penalty for cursing our parents was the same as for physically assaulting our parents. And that penalty was death. So God is very serious about how we speak about our parents. We need to speak well of them while they're alive and we need to speak well of them after they have passed on. We need to speak well of them to our siblings to our spouses, and to our children. And if that's not hard enough, you should speak well of your father-in-law and mother-in-law too. (laughs) Now I recognize for some of you it's much harder to think of positive things that you can say about your parents. And again, I want you to know my heart goes out to you. I was fortunate enough to grow up in a home where my parents were amazing, but I know that's not the case for many of you. You know, if you had a parent that struggled with addiction and your childhood was a roller coaster... Think of the good things that happened during your parents' period of sobriety. Or if you had a parent that abandoned you, think of the positive things they did for you before they left. Or maybe you had a parent that was emotionally distant, but they provided for your physical needs. You had a warm place to sleep and food on the table. Be thankful for that. Now, I'm not saying that's all a good parent should do, but at least they gave you a start. And please understand, guys, I'm not asking you to pretend that you had great parents if you didn't. 
You can be honest about your parents' shortcomings. You can be honest about the wounds they've caused. And you can even share that with trusted people who are helping you process that. But you don't have to air it out to the whole world. The next practical way that we can honor our parents is to appreciate them. Your parents have a great desire to be appreciated. And so we can let them know how much gratitude and appreciation we have for all that they've done. Young people, do you have any idea how much your parents have done for you? I know you think you do, but I'm telling you, you don't. Until you have kids of your own, you won't fully understand how much your parents have sacrificed. I I thought I knew. I thought I knew how much my parents had done for me, but when I had kids, I was like, nope, I had no idea how much my parents did for me. And I can assure you that your parents want to feel appreciated. Now, I'm not saying you have to go out and rent a billboard and tell your parents they're the greatest ever, although that'd be pretty cool if you did that. But your parents want to know that you recognize that they've sacrificed for you. The other thing that parents have is this, this desire to see themselves in you. They want to know that they had an impact. They want to see in you a reflection of their strengths and their values. And I don't think we realize how important it is to give them credit when we can. So I would encourage you to do that this week. Tell them how much they've impacted you. You know, over the years, I've had the opportunity to write several letters to my mom and dad, just telling them how grateful I am for what they've done and how much they've impacted me. So I can tell you from experience, it brings them great joy. It'll bring you great joy as well. You know, from the time I was 10 years old until just last year, every football game I ever played in or everyone I ever coached in, my mom was either there in person or she would call me right after the game to see how it went. And I used to dread those calls, especially if we lost. Because I knew her next question would be, well, what happened? Right? And I always wanted to say, well, Mom, they had more points than we did when the time ran out. And so by rule, they won and we lost. Because I tend to be a smart aleck. But I didn't talk to my mom like that. I knew better. But last January, I took my mom out to lunch for her birthday. And I was able just to tell her how much I appreciated that. How much I appreciated all the years that she would follow the bus to the away games, right? She'd be the only parent there. And then when I started coaching, she would call me and say, hey, can I get a ride to the game? I'm like, mom, I'm leaving an hour and a half early. You don't want to ride with me. She goes, no, I want to go down. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity to sit down and tell her how much I appreciated her. See, as many of you know, my mom passed away last February in a car accident. But what most of you probably don't know is that on the day she passed away, she had called me twice but I was stuck in meetings and I didn't take the call. I thought, I'll just get back to when I get back to Logan. I never got that chance. So I'm so grateful for that lunch because I can tell you the devil more than once has tried to make me feel guilty about that. But I know my mom knew how much I appreciated her because I took the time to tell her. So make sure you do that while you still can. The third way that you can show honor to your parents is seek their wisdom. See, the Bible constantly associates youth with folly and age with wisdom. One example of that is Deuteronomy 32, 7. It says, Remember the days of old and consider the generations long past. Ask your father and he will tell you the elders and they will explain it to you. Now this doesn't mean our parents are experts on everything. It doesn't even mean their advice is always solid. I'm sure there's been some times that you asked for your parents' advice and you just left scratching your head going, what in the world were they thinking? Right? But it does mean we can still honor them by seeking their input. See, there is a general correlation in the Bible between living a longer life and accumulating more wisdom. 
So we would be wise to seek our parents' input on major decisions. It honors our parents when we do that. Now, if you're a believer in Christ, if you're a Christ follower and your parents are not, the reality is you probably won't follow through on their advice most of the time. And you shouldn't. But it still gives them honor to seek their input. The last way I want to talk about, or excuse me, the second to last way is that we can support them. So we can speak well of them, we can appreciate them, we can seek their wisdom, and we can support them. I want to read to you 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 4 and verse 8. I encourage you to take a look at this later in the week. So verse 4, But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. There's that pleasing to God line again. Then verse 8 goes on to say, Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I want to talk about two ways that we can support our parents. First, we can support them physically. Like we can just literally be there with them. We can help them do things that they can no longer do. I want you to picture King David at a particularly low point in his life. At a time when his world was crashing down around him, when enemies were attacking him. And in this context, David cries out to God in Psalm 71 and he says the following, Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. See, David feared this combination of old age and isolation. David was scared to death to be old and alone. And so too do our elderly parents fear that. So we can honor our parents just by being there to physically support them and to help them. Just as they cared for us, we can help care for them. And the second way that we can support them is financially. As we just read in 1 Timothy, the Bible calls Christians to take special responsibility to care for family members. When children are young, God expects parents to provide for them. But as our parents grow old, those roles are reversed. And if that causes you anxiety, remember, one day you're going to be the aging parent. The last way that we can honor them is to forgive them. And this is maybe the most important way that you and I can honor our parents. Because the fact is, there are no perfect parents. Every parent has fallen short of your expectations and probably of their own expectations as well. Our parents have sinned against us. They've made unwise decisions. They've had unrealistic expectations of us. They've said and done things that have left us deeply wounded. And for that reason, a lot of adults carry anger and bitterness from their childhood. Maybe you find yourself in that situation and you're unable to move past that. And you would say, John, I don't know how to forgive my parents. Because some of you had truly horrible childhoods and you're wondering, how can I forgive them with all the wounds that they've caused? But it is possible to forgive them. And it's possible because of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ never wronged us, ever. We wrong him every day. And yet he still offers forgiveness when we come and ask for it. And as he forgives us, he empowers us to forgive those who have wounded us. See, forgiveness is a gift, not just for the offender, but for the offended. If you have the one who's been offended, it's a gift to you to be able to lay that at Jesus' feet. To be able to leave that hurt and that anger and that bitterness behind. To be able to let him heal you 
you can move past it. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't establish healthy boundaries with your parents, particularly if you grew up in an abusive home. You should establish healthy boundaries. It doesn't mean that your parents don't have to earn back your trust if they broke it. They should. Both of those are biblical principles. But you don't have to be held down by anger and bitterness. Jesus offers you the opportunity to be free from that. There's one more reason that that I think we should be serious about this commandment. And that's because God promises to bless those who honor their parents. Come on, there we go. Did you know that God has attached great promises to this fifth commandment? In fact, it's the only commandment that contained a promise to the nation of Israel. It says, honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, if you think back to when we started this series, remember when, when the Ten Commandments were first given, God actually gave them audibly. He spoke to the nation of Israel, and He spoke these Ten Commandments, and it freaked them out. And they told Moses, I'll tell you what, from now on, you deal with us. We don't want to deal directly with God because they were scared to death, right? But that's how the commandments were first given. They were audibly given to the nation of Israel. So this commandment to honor your father and mother has both an individual and a corporate application here. See, God is speaking to the nation of Israel, and He's saying, as individuals, if you honor your father and mother, if you'll do that as a whole, as a nation, then the nation will live long in the land that I'm giving you. Then similarly, in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, Paul references this promise that comes with the fifth commandment. So Ephesians 6, 1 says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So God says that as a a general rule or a general principle, you'll live long and you'll live well if you honor your parents. One of the things we've tried to stress is that all of God's commandments are for our blessing. All of God's commandments are for our good. But this one especially is highlighted by God for the blessings that it will bring to the individual, to the family, and to society is as a rule, life goes better when we honor our parents. We live a full and blessed life. We live longer and better lives. It's the way God designed it to be. And if you think about it, when we learn to honor our parents and their authority, it's a bridge to learn to honor other authority like we've talked about. So it leads to better relationships at work. We're a better role model for our own children. It sets us up to learn how to submit to God's authority in our lives. And when we submit to God's authority... When he's directing our steps and we're following, I'm telling you guys, there's no more fulfilling, no more exciting kind of life than you can live than that. Now, this verse isn't saying that if you honor your parents, you're guaranteed to be wealthy and you'll live to be at least 90. That's that's not how this verse works. It's like other wisdom scripture. It's a principle that's generally true. It's a rule that works out most of the time. Because there's no doubt that there have been individuals who didn't honor their parents and they live long lives and from the outside looking in, they seem pretty successful. And there are other individuals who seem to honor their parents and died at a relatively young age. But it is saying as a whole, when people honor their parents, they're more likely to live longer and live better lives. I mean, that's a promise that should excite us. That's something that should motivate us. I want to wrap up this commandment in light of Jesus That's one of the things that we're trying to do in this series is make sure that we see the commandments in relation to Jesus coming and being on the earth and living that perfect life that we couldn't live. So what does this 
What does this do for us in light of Jesus Christ? See, the reality is none of us have been able to perfectly obey this commandment. Every one of us have dishonored or disobeyed our parents at one time or another. But Jesus never did. Jesus perfectly honored God the Father 100% of the time. See, we couldn't keep the fifth commandment on our own power, just like we can't keep any of the commandments on our own power. But Jesus kept them all fully 100% of the time. He lived a perfect life, and he went to the cross where he paid the penalty that you and I deserve for our inability to keep God's commands. And so God, being our perfect Father, made a way for us to be in relationship with him through Jesus Christ. In spite of our rebellion and in spite of our inability to be obedient. And so if you're here today and you've never experienced what it's like to have a relationship with a good father, with a perfect parent, you need to know that you can have that through Jesus Christ. And when you come to him and ask him to forgive you and ask him to be your savior and accept what he did for you on the cross, it says that God chooses you to be his son or his daughter. So when you do that, the God who created you in his image, the God who has a plan and a purpose for you, the God who says you are no accident, he'll save you and he'll come in and he'll empower you with his Holy Spirit and I promise you, your life will never be the same. So as we wrap up this morning, I want you to think back of those ways that we talked about honoring our parents. Speak well of them, appreciate them, support them, forgive them. Which one of those is God asking you to step out and do something with this week? Just encourage you to pray about that throughout the week and then ask God to give you the courage to follow through. Would you guys join me in prayer? God, I just thank you for your patience and your mercy when I think of, of all my shortcomings as a father, but also as a son. God, I'm grateful that you did encourage me and motivate me to let my parents know often how much I appreciate them. I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for following through on that, God. Thank you for motivating me to do that. God, I recognize that there are people here today that this message is just super tough for because they didn't have a good father. They didn't have a good mother. They grew up in a very rough home, God. They grew up in in horrible conditions. And God, they're wounded and they're mad, and they're hurt. And so, God, I just pray that you would just pour your love and your comfort and your peace over them right now, that they would know that they are no accident, that they would know that you love them and that you have a purpose and a plan for them, and that you demonstrated your love for them by sending your son to die on the cross even when they were far from you, even when they had no desire to know you that that's the kind of good father you are. That's the kind of perfect parent that you are. So God, for those of us who still have the opportunity to honor our parents, I pray that we would do that this week. Whichever one of these practical steps, God, that you feel like we need to move forward in, I just pray that you give us the courage to do that, even if it's difficult. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.